0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Well, hello everyone. This is Helena Helena Steiner Hornstein Helena Margareta. I am now saying hello to you in the United States, in Canada, in um, in the Bahamas, in the Far East, in the Middle East, and, of course, in Europe. I happen to be in Northern Europe right now, in Sweden, in Stockholm, Sweden. And I arrived here a few weeks ago, and I must say it has been absolutely lovely. The weather has been gorgeous, day after day. ...with sunshine and that nice kind of crisp warmth, or shall I say crisp coolness. It has been like in the upper 60s or going up in the 70s, but so lovely and everything has been in full bloom... ...and the birds have been singing (laughs) and I've been out in the archipelago and looked around and it's been lovely everywhere. So I'm here and uh, as you can see on my announcement for the program today... There was something that really hit me, mostly because people contacted me and said, have you heard, have you seen, and I wasn't sure what they were talking about at first, but then it was this uh, remark or this research, as they said, that has come out in the media in Sweden, and it said that atheists are more intelligent than religious people or more intelligent than believers and I just kind of hit the ceiling and said to people that's just propaganda you know it's just the media's way to to kind of control people not to believe what they want to believe and why do I say so because first of all I think the remark is so far out it it just couldn't be in any way close to the truth. But the other thing is that Sweden is a very secular country, that um, it's the most secular country in the world, together with China. And I said that before. But then I checked into that a little bit more, and um, I found that, oh, no, there is such a research, and uh, they found that atheists are more intelligent than The others, the others who? The believers, the the religious people. And what kind of research is that? Well, it goes way, way back to the time when IQ tests were the same as mathematics and book knowledge. That test goes back as far as 1921. And, of course, at that time, an intelligence test would just include Maths of all kinds and problems, how to solve it mathematically, and then they would throw in a few questions about philosophers and so on, something that had nothing to do but with intelligence but with depth knowledge, how educated you were, because you know believers, if you look at the big world believe or big world leaders. They have all been believers. And I've seen people who have been absolutely not believing in anything, and I would then call them atheists. And they've been the most restricted and limited people, and they have had a mindset of total restriction. Is that what you call intelligent Anyway, I think the whole thing is so far out, it's not worth much talk. But I would say that way back, and maybe a little bit still today in some places, all IQ tests were based on book knowledge and mathematics and based on the culture of those who had created the tests. So you had white groups of educated people coming into the ghettos of the blacks And started to test them with the white knowledge. And of course, that didn't work. So we have to realize who is giving the test, first of all. And to just put in my own five cents into this, when I was uh, a college student and I was quite knowledgeable in my field, I had. I, I was actually an atheist, and I told everyone so. I said, oh, I don't believe in that kind of thing you call God. That's absolutely for ages. How could anyone believe that this is what it is? Because I had been brought up from my school, you know, elementary school, and even in the kindergarten, and that God was a man, was a he a man who sat up in the sky and judged you and who would punish you and make sure you had a really tough time if you didn't obey certain rules that were set by the church that I know. I come from the, my background is Lutheran, Protestant Lutheran, and of course that has never been very strict, <laughs> no, really not. It has been easy for the Swedes and also the other Uh, Scandinavians to move away from that kind of belief and call themselves uh, non-believers. It's been very easy. But now I've seen a trend here in Sweden, uh, particularly in Sweden, that has moved ahead quite a bit. And I have never been so shocked. I can say never, but I haven't been that shocked in a long time as when I went to church in Stockholm, Sweden, in the city, right in the city, not very far from the Grand Railway Station. And uh, I was going to go in, and I had expected like five, six people sitting around, you know, one here and one all little older, usually women. And I came in. It was absolutely packed. And these were not old people. These were, yes, some older people, but... Young people, men, women, boys, girls, teenagers. I never seen anything like it. And they had even put up some extra chairs alongside the wall. This was a beautiful church, one of the old ones in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, with a beautiful cathedral ceilings and so on. And why did people go? because they had now a couple of new ministers who followed a new trend, and that was completely, you know, the power that we all represent and and that we are not supposed to separate ourselves from this great power we call God. So it was very beautiful to see that, but... um In a way, what is the difference between religious people and non-believers? Well, thinking about that, and you know, religious people have some kind of anchor within them, some kind of belief uh, that they are taken care of. And they also believe that they have a future, that whatever happens, they are going to go to heaven. They are going to be well taken care of. And of course, that creates a happier person, doesn't it? And of course, those who are not believers—I don't know what they do when they're depressed and low, and they're lost and they're meeting problems. Maybe they take pills. Maybe they find a gun. I don't know. It's um, it, maybe someone can let me know and send me emails. Unfortunately, no one can call in here because. Uh, I have a little problem. It's because of my uh, uh, the, the the provider, the internet provider here in Sweden. Somehow it doesn't manage to load up the switchboard on, on my screen here. So I cannot see much. I cannot see if anyone is calling in. I cannot see practically when the show is over. But you know, I will probably get a sign one way or the other. Because here on Blog Talk Radio, we are our own little radio stations. (laughs) We do our own switchboard. And it works actually quite well. So um, also, you know, about the the, uh, intelligence tests and tests and so on, They should compromise. They should include everything. They should include, you know, your ability to create, your psychic senses, your emotions. So many things should be included in in an IQ test, not only those mathematical problems. I remember that from school when they took those tests. And um, actually, I managed quite well, although I was never good at math. Uh, because I'm dyslexic. So that's a problem I still have. I'm better in my head than using a calculator. I'm always wrong when I use a calculator. But anyway, my own experience then when I was a student and I was well-trained and I was going to college and I, of course, like all college students, I believed I knew absolutely everything. And I said, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist. How can anyone believe in all this? And I didn't believe in God, I didn't believe in Jesus. And all that had been described to me by my tradition, as I said, the Lutheran Church. So I was proud with the one I was. But I matured. I started to have visions. I started to experience things that were out of the ordinary. If you have read my book by me, Helena Steiner-Hornstein, my book, Constant Awakening, you can see all those things I went through. Things started to happen. There was no way I could no longer not believe in something higher. I had actually had all kinds of experiences when I was a young girl. I saw things, and I saw those on the other side. And I looked at people, and I saw, like, you know, energies coming out of them. You know, these were sicknesses or whatever they were. Uh, And I didn't quite understand this as a young girl. But I was born with some kind of ability which I refused because no one spoke about those things, and I certainly didn't know what to do with it. So anyway, so I matured and was getting smarter and smarter. And as times changed, and I've had all my spiritual experiences, my mind opened to a new consciousness. The consciousness where I was more aware of things around me, There's no way I could deny what I was aware of and how I felt about things. And I started to feel a togetherness, not only with nature and animals, but also with other people. And I realized there is some kind of togetherness with this higher power. Call it what you want. So I grew into that, and I'm absolutely and totally convinced that there is, A continuation of what is around us. There is a continuation of what not only is around us, but behind us, and before us, and above us. We are part of so many dimensions. We are just little dots in a big, big program where everything goes together. So... I don't fit in with anyone's religion necessarily, <laughs> that where, you know, religion is man-made and it has a name and leaders and rules and buildings and you follow a program pattern. I am feeling totally free in my trust with what is around me and before me. A total trust when I go to bed at night. And I just close into this higher consciousness and feel safe, and I fall asleep. Of course, I may have times when I cannot fall asleep, particularly in places that are not my own. If I'm staying at a hotel and I just see all the strange energies around me that have not found peace, And then I start to send out the light around me. Take a deep breath and just send out light around me. And, of course, before I've switched off the light, I bring in the angels. You think that's crazy? Well, I did so at one point in my life also. But as I'm getting older and smarter, and I tell you, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> I'm feeling wonderful, and I'm feeling just so very knowledgeable. I bring in my angels, and I can practically almost feel them. And it feels really great. And with the angels, I have the light. So here, with all that company around you, yes, yes make sure you now are safe to sleep. You can do that. So anyway, so going back to this particular thing, um, look at that specific man or woman in front of you and see what he or she stands for instead of feeling, oh, she's religious or he's an atheist. I have noticed that atheist so-called that I have talked to through the years Uh, They have always been men, and they always said, no, there is not such a thing. But they have always ended up believing that there was something more after a session with me. Because first we talked intelligently, I feel, you know, about this and that and what could be possible. And then I brought them into the light. And these men were... If not intellectually convinced, they were more open to that, yes, there is something something like this, and it's very strange most of their men, those of those men, had had some kind of spiritual experience in his childhood that they had pushed away and couldn't see any reason for, and now, after their sessions with me, they just decided there was something to that and that they had some kind of connection to something more. So that is what I would answer to that particular uh, question, are atheists smarter? No, they're just closed up in a particular belief, just like some religious people are. They're closed up and locked up in a particular belief. The idea is to be free, and what you call freedom, you call it to be spiritual. You call it spirituality. As I said, spirituality is that you have discovered that there is a continuation beyond your own mind, your own head, your own intelligence, your own logic. And think about all those uh, uh, philosophers out there, how they all are believers. They're smart people. And another thing is, and I wrote that in my newsletter, that we get smarter with age, unless, of course, you get some kind of condition like Alzheimer's or something. But if you don't, you actually do get smarter with age. And it's a scientific fact. Because those little strings, what you now call them, uh, that are between the cells, they are getting stronger and firmer with age. That kind of improves your wisdom. So that is, with experience, you get wisdom. Look at that. And I didn't know that when I was a student. You know, to young people, I say, always say, you know, I have been where you are but you haven't been where I am. I think that's very good answer <laughs> to come up with. What do you say? I really believe that. So I'm going to go into my mailbox and dig out a couple of questions and uh, we'll see how far we get with that. And I have one, and it's been sitting there for a long time. It comes from Lori. Lori is English, but she lives in Gothenburg. And she has passed on a couple of questions to me and uh, in an email and I emailed her back and said oh god that's too complicated i'm not going to sit for 2 hours and answer that in an email it takes too long so too much work but i will answer that in one of my programs so then uh She comes up with a few questions here. Shall I read them one at a time, maybe? Okay. Uh, How much of the energy from a person stays intact after that person passes over? Good question. Really good question. So she gives an example here. For example, my mother passed away two years ago. If she wanted to come back as one of my grandchildren... Would she wait until then, until I have a grandchild, or can she split herself into different parts of energy? I appreciate that time doesn't exist, but still, I was wondering, can some of the energy stay on the other side and some come to earth again and manifest in a newly born baby? Can the energy from one person become parts of an energy for many newborn babies? Great question. You must have heard me talk about this because I bring this up a lot, and I usually get through this in my um, in my workshops. And by the way, I have uh, a workshop in Stockholm, Sweden, end of this month, August. Contact me if you are listening in Sweden. And I have another workshop end of, uh, of uh, what is it, September, also in Stockholm, Sweden. And then in October, I have one workshop in Helsinki, and I have another workshop in Gothenburg. Get back with me. And then in November, beginning of November, I should have one in Stockholm, Sweden, just before I leave. So I'm going to be busy. And these are the ones that are just set now. I uh, will have more coming up. Uh, but usually they are for special groups, and then I cannot announce them. But these are open to the public. So if you want to be with me for those, contact me through my website, speakingtoyourheart.com, which is also called ActiveAil.com. Activale is written A-C-T-I. V-A-L-E, activale Activale with a C. Okay, so now, how much of the energy? Well, you know, I heard someone really famous, one of those mediums on TV, uh, he's not on anymore, and he said, oh, well, you know, we stay on the other side for about 700 years. was just his kind of thought, I think, because he gave no proof for it. And I thought, hey there, you know, Alice, I work with past life uh, uh, subjects every day. I work with people every day, somewhere in the world, through the Internet or through Skype, and I can tell you a different story. I'm telling you this through my own experience. And that is, once you are on the other side, as, let's say, the Queen of Sheba, for instance. And uh, once you have passed over, you have lived here on Earth as the Queen of Sheba, and you do that only once. You are her only once. And now you pass over on the other side. You will stay there on the other side forever. Of course, she lived there for... When did she live in real life? I think a couple of thousand years before Jesus was born. Anyway, so... She is there still today. However, when someone is going to be going back to our dimension here on earth, they go through a pool of past life memories. There is a whole pool, shall I say, a whole band packed with past life memories. Because when we pass over, we drop a lot of memories. We drop a copy of ourselves like a kind of cleansing and get over on the other side where we will stay forever. But then we are going through this band when we're born again and pick up energies from various people or energies who have lived here on this earth. And you can have so many different people who have lived the same person. I'm sure there are some people out there in the world right now, or in the universe maybe, who can all claim they have been the Queen of Sheba. And I pick queen now because we have more women listeners but i have many men also so you're all welcome to to get in touch with me afterwards if you have a question or something like this i love to receive questions that i can use on my show so um and it gives me something to talk about so yes she can be on the other side your mother can be on the other side as she and you can connect with her where she is on the other side for as long as you want, for as long as you live in this dimension. And she can also come back here reincarnated as your grandchild, as someone else also. Because, you know, I have had audiences, workshops, I can have 50 people or 100 people in the workshop. And uh, they all have uh, had past life experience or, or memories. And I can have two of three in one audience, two or three women, they say for sure they know they have been Marie Antoinette in a previous lifetime. And this is just in one spot. Think about the whole world. So is one of them lying or all of them lying because there's someone in Vancouver who says, I was Marie Antoinette. No, everyone is right. And this is what the universe is about. Whatever you are doing, you live according to your consciousness. Whatever you are doing, you are right. Whatever you are believing, you are right. If you believe there is a God, you are right. If you believe there is no God, you are right because this is where you stand and you create your own reality. And the reality you are living today, you have created for you. Do you get that? You know, I'm trying to convince some people that, yes, you create your own reality. I have had to learn that the hard way. And I've had tough, tough times. And, my God, I made myself such i created a difficult world for myself once. I created a world with absolutely no fun and and no money and no anything. It didn't last long because I realized, "Hey, I have to get out of this mess." And who would do that for me when no one else would? I realized it's up to me what it is to be. I really have to do something about this. So yes, she can uh she can be on the other side and she can be reincarnated here also. And this is what I have seen over and over. I've worked on a lot and a lot of thousands and thousands of people. So I have found this is the way it is. So, and another question is, can you see roughly how many lives a person has lived or just glimpses of former lives? Well, I suppose, Laurie, you mean me. When I uh, look at people, can I see how many lives people have lived? Or just do you mean yourself? You can look into how many lives you have lived. It's up to you. I have had people come to me, in Palm Beach particularly, where they somehow have left me. (laughs) And they come to me, and over and over... We've just gone back deeper and deeper and deeper into the real depths of the person's subconscious or consciousness. And I have found one life after the other. It never seemed to end. It was absolutely bottomless. And, yes, I cannot see how many. You know this thing about how many? That is part of the male energy, of the part of the how men think, basically, more than, well, not all men, but if we now have someone who is not a very spiritual person, uh, that spiritual person will think much more in, in numbers. How many it is? How long that? How far is it? How long shall I have to wait? How many people can I love? All that, you know they want to have the numbers, but that is a human uh that's a human limitation. You totally limit yourself with the numbers, although I must admit we consist of a higher mathematics, we consist of numbers that's why numerology works for us, and the numbers really count. I look into, when I work with people, I usually ask them when they were born. And I just, that way, find out in what life cycle they happen to find themselves. And I see a big difference with someone in the first life cycle or in the ninth life cycle. It means that people in the ninth life cycle usually end up, they end a lot of projects, they end a lot of the tie up all kinds of loose ends in their lives without realizing it. And when they are in the first life cycle, they are starting new projects and new everything. And they do that with the full strength and force and with the help of the universe because it's in their number. So we consist of... Nine life cycles, and we repeat them over and over and over again and again. And they are important. They start on the first of each year and go through your whole year. Why the first of the year and not your birthday? Because it's that mass consciousness of the first of the year the new beginning of our planet, the new beginning of everyone's life, of everyone's culture. It's there. So, and then she has one more question. I know you do not we- wish to speak publicly about other forms of life, UFOs, etc. I am sure they exist. I know they do. So, do we spend some lives as other forms of life on other planets, or do we stay true to lives? As Homo Sapiens, which means human spe- species, <laughs> human species, human human uh, beings. Uh, well, interesting. Uh, yes, I have, you know, I have found that what I talk about is so f- far out for some people that I have chosen not to bring in UFOs, etc. But when you're spiritual, you are so open and you're so free, you, of course, know that there is such a thing as a different culture, not necessarily here on our planet. So we can go into different dimensions. We can go into space, the universe. When I grew up, there were not that many planets. What were, How many were there? And everyone knew the names of them, Mercury and Pluto and so on. Pluto, I don't think even is a planet anymore, Mercury. But now they say, oh, there are many more planets. There are hundreds of planets out there. They start to discover more and more. That science. Science is very restricted, but as they keep on moving, on with more consciousness, you know, and more openness. Scientists have to be very open. Scientists have to go out, get out from the station of spirituality and open up to something more. And that is how they discover much more out there. So uh, we know, we have decided they exist, and I've even... You know, for some reason, you know, and I'm, of course I believe in them. I have uh, had many experiences with that, and I almost risk my reputation to say so. But they are much more frequent here on our planet than we realize. Up to now, I have never dared speak about that because it's gone too far with too many things, how people... uh, pull that into reality. I feel we should be careful how we treat this reality. But, of course, there is something called uh, a different life form. And there are those who, uh, yeah, they they look like us even. There is something called the Nordics. And I have spoken to many people of uh, of that knowledge also, and they have described all the different kinds of the cultures out there in the space, in our space. So there is something, and they have also, many of those are not very good, but some are very good and really help us here on earth. So um, uh, you brought that into my mind, and I shouldn't really have done it, but it's so tempting to do that, you know, at times because it happened once. I was giving a workshop. It was in Florida and it was the the most amazing thing. I had a set program and I had announced that and I had about 25 people or something and they were all sitting there and they were all, it was had had someone organize this, but it was uh, under the uh, heading of uh, health organization so i don't know why a couple of people were sitting up front they said the same thing uh can we uh, can we come back as other life forms on other planets and i said sure if this is what we are ready to seek i believe we could probably I'm not sure this is the common thing. I think we might have to develop and improve our consciousness here on this planet before we can come up to to those other life forms. And the ones um, I can speak about, they're called the Nordics. They are actually blonde and extremely good-looking. And they are actually very full of love. And um, that love is kind of just taking over people's whole everything when they are touched by these particular um, energies. And um, also that these particular energies, uh, the Nordics, and I think some people, some uh, ufologists call them the... um, Uh, I'm not into these things so I might just uh, repeat the wrong word Uh, but they say they are here to help us and they can also give you messages just like spirit does through just installing those messages and that knowledge within you and you receive it and you become more knowledgeable this is happening a lot now on this planet, and this is what makes some people change more and more and more. So um, the uh, Nordics are often interpreted as leaders, and uh, they um, believe also that the Nordics are here to to really help us, and we need help on this planet. So, this is something that the governments of countries don't want us to know. And I feel for myself, I'm not going to talk about this openly again. But I can tell you, I have a lot of knowledge on the subject. And maybe that, let's make that into some kind of conclusion for that. So, I have um, seen those who have lived on other. Planet, so to speak, in my research in the you know past lives and so on, and uh, they uh, are here to learn that way through a reincarnation on this planet. So, in a way, I believe everything is possible. I don't think we should limit ourselves to rules. Just like what I'm doing right now, maybe I would change again. Maybe something happens, so I would just start to talk about this much more because I have a lot to say. (laughs) And I feel also that with this knowledge uh, that they are there, my inner knowledge has increased so much. And I believe there is a higher power that we call God. Many times I'm criticized for saying universe or a higher power instead of saying God. God is a great word. However, In many European countries, it's a bad word, particularly in this country now, in Sweden. It is a word you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to say it too much unless you're a minister and sit in a church. I am a minister, but I'm not in a church. And what I've been talking about now, I don't think I could say. (laughs) So um, that is what I would like to say to you uh, Lori thank you for your questions they were good they were uh, very uh, very big time and splendid questions and please send me more questions and um, there was someone who said you know last time there was someone there was a man who asked why are there more men healers than women healers and I answered something well It's not so at all. Most women are spontaneous and natural healers. It's the way nature has made them be. They just don't know it. And I have so many women who want to become healers. They have this urge, I want to help people. And then there are those out there, usually they... um, come from a different background. They are not into this, that they really were born with the same powers, but they've gone to many classes and they have learned many methods. And that's good. And then they're very good marketeers. But what I'm saying is, which I forgot to say last time and I could have kicked myself. Actually, I kicked myself after the show. I said, I forgot to say, which I usually say when people uh, say, And I've heard this all my life, when we sit and eat a very good dinner in a restaurant or at a catered dinner party or something, and then there's always a guy who says, Why are there no famous chefs out there? And I always answered very simply because men have had professions, they had to learn new professions all the time to take care of their families and just to get out there on the path of a career. That is the reason. Women didn't have much of professions, as we know. If a woman was um, a healer in the old days, she was just supposed to do that out of her own good and not to get any praise or reward or money or whatever for it that was reserved for the men with the same power, which they, of course, have. But most women have that. And as children, we usually go to mother and say, oh, please help me. And mothers kind of just put her hand on the child and said, oh, no, it's good. And, of course, it was good. She did it to help the child, and child picked up on that. Now, uh, if I say this in Sweden, I would say, well, the child will also go to the father because it's very equal in this country. Father and mother have the same place. But anyway, professions were more for men. So that's why you had the good chefs who were men. Now that is changing. Now you have the women coming in and they're good. When I lived in the south of France and had, uh, had uh, housekeepers, you know, cleaning ladies, I could always ask my lady to cook a gourmet meal if I had dinner guests. All these women knew how to cook a fantastic meal. They didn't have to be a a trained chef to do what they did at all. They were fantastic. And when I had guests, they always said, Oh, I love your chef. He is so good. They always presumed that. No, it was just my cleaning lady. And I said, Yes. She is very good. (laughs) I didn't say she was not actually a professional chef. She was just a regular woman. So um, we are so much into that we have to put people on one side or the other. And I've done that myself several times because we have been put into that tradition to say, oh, here are these people. We do it for for, for the way, for talent, we do it for for riches, very much for the richest riches, if someone is richer or some people are richer, or oh yes, they are richer, and then we have the others who are poorer, so we always have to this division, whereas in the world, we have to stick together that is the meaning to be part of this togetherness. We are all in it together i 'm going to end this this time here today with a meditation I was going to announce that in the beginning because some people only want that <laughs> they don't want to listen to all the talk they just want to have my meditation so they, they might cut off uh, before they get to the end so I'm saying that if you have come this far and I think I think I said a lot of good stuff really so you should have stayed on <laughs> And uh, I had one of my clients who uh, called me up uh, the other day, and she said, my God, you know so much. How come you know so much? And I said, I have lived uh, not only a long time, but I lived with an open mind. And as you have an open mind, you learn all the time. You really do learn from everything you see. And you don't necessarily learn so much from the good times. You learn from the difficult times. Remember when you have difficult times that, oh, this is a lesson. I shall now get out of this. And how do you get out of this again? Well, whatever is to me, whatever that is to be, it's up to me. It's up to me what is to be. Some people don't like to hear that. I had a woman who came to see me in person at my office, and she got so angry with me and said, oh, all you do is insult me. I said, no. I said, you're blaming others all the time for your bad fortune, so to speak. You're blaming Your children, you're blaming your husband, you're blaming your boss, you're blaming everyone for your bad time. I said, loosen up. Begin to love yourself. And once you love yourself, you begin to love the rest of the world. You love your neighbor like you love yourself. I think this is one of the best sayings of the whole Bible. Love your neighbor." Love your neighbor like you love yourself. You cannot truly love somebody properly if you do not love yourself. Then you might just love those people conditionally. So you love them because they are beautiful or they are rich. Or you love them because they make you happy. But you must make yourself happy. That is the beginning of unconditional love. This is a good point. Make yourself happy. Make that light within you shine because this is what it's all about. Make that shine, that light shine within you. So um, anyway, so there are not more famous healers. There might be more famous healers and chefs than, You know, male healers or male uh, chefs, but it doesn't mean there are more healers that are men at all. On the contrary, no. Those true healers out there haven't been able to market themselves properly. They are still doing their stuff in the quiet. So, (laughs) so that is what we are. So now we are going to go to the next and the last. Face here. First of all, I would like you to visit my website, which is www.activale with A C T for Tom I V A L E. It's also called speakingtoyourheart.com. Speakingtoyourheart.com. And I would like you to get to know my books like constant awakening because constant awakening would actually get you through a process. You read that slowly. Once you have read it once, you read it one more time, a week or two later, and then and again and again, and you will change. I mean that too because it has. it's a dimensional book. It has this impacted energy in each page. And so many have told me that they read the book many times and each time they discover something new, they can swear they never saw written in the book before. This is what it is about. It's a channeled book, but it's also together with my own experiences, how I got to be where I am. There are no UFOs or ETs in it, I promise that, but there is This is a totally spiritual book. Very, very nice for you to read. So, now you begin to relax. And I always say when you begin this session, it's not a real meditation. It is a healing of your subconscious. All my meditations are actually processes through your subconscious. And we go through a clearance of your subconscious. You are a child of the light. And you take a deep breath. And you close your eyes. And you feel that within you, there is a focus of a higher energy that you experience In your chest area, you love this feeling. You love the feeling of an energy within you. This is absolutely unconditional. It is your inner light. It's the God flame within you. It is the urkraft, you say in Scandinavian the original power that we have within us that keeps you alive, that keeps you going. It's your soul light, your heart light. And you experience a focus of this light within you right now. You are so relaxed, so very, very relaxed. I am of the light. I am of the light. You are so relaxed now, so totally and very, very relaxed. You take a deep breath and a feeling of love and warmth is going through your chest. Goes in through your arms and deeper and deeper in through your whole inner self and in through your spine, all the way down to your root chakra and into your legs and into your feet. You are so relaxed now, so very, very relaxed. Yes, within you, you are filled with light. And you imagine yourself far, far away in a place where you feel totally, totally safe. Yes, you are safe where you are. You believe, you have a sense that you are on an island and that it is nighttime. And way up high above you, there are millions and millions of stars twinkling and shining. Yes, twinkling and shining above you. You have the focus of your inner light in your chest area. And you feel so connected with all those little stars up in the big, wide universe. You are of the light. You are a light being. And the light within you is beginning to get a hold and spread out throughout your whole body. I am of the light. I am of the light. You are so relaxed in every, every way. You are opening up to freedom. You throw away any kind of limitation in your mind, in your thoughts, in your intellect. Clear, clear, we bring out, we take that stuff away, limitations, go away, go away limitations. And know that you are a child of delight. And that is what it means to be created in the image of God. I see God as the light. The light, the white light, is the focus of all energies at the very, very highest of frequency. Yes. Yes. You feel filled with high frequency, and you react to this and feel so happy and so powerful, so in tune with all and everything, and your mind is opening up. Yes, your mind is opening up. Your mind is opening up to new knowledge to new feelings of love you know who you are you know you are a child of delight and you have now awakened new abilities in your mind in your body in your thought and you are now increasing your intelligence further and your ability to be free, absolutely open and free, and to be the one that you were meant to be, that God, the universe, meant you to be. A being filled with love and filled with light. And that you have given this time on earth to share Your love and knowledge. Yes, to share your love and knowledge. You are of the light. You are of the light. And you take a deep breath now. A deep, deep breath. You know that within you there is a place called I am the light. And you take another deep breath. And now you begin to come back to here and now. And you're filled with love and clarity and new thoughts in your mind. When I count to seven, you're back to here and now. Number one, number two, number three. You love being you. You love being of an open mind. Be free. One, two, three, four, and you love yourself. One, two, three, four, five, six. And now number seven. You open your eyes. And it's time to be part of your reality. And you created you now. Yes, please do that right now create a new reality where you are loved because you love you. You just love yourself and now you love everyone around you. And the music I have played in the background was by Stephen Halpin. Stephen Halpin innerpeacemusic.com And I would say goodbye to you. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein, Helena Margareta. Helena, Margareta. You know, people ask me to use both combinations. Helena Margareta, when I just speak out, you know, without too much of anything. But it's my branding. And Helena Steiner-Hornstein, when I am more important in some kind of connection. (laughs) Isn't that nice? And I am here in Stockholm, Sweden. I will speak to you soon again. And please connect with me. Email me. Send me emails and questions. And come to my classes and read my books. And I have great CDs for meditation. You can buy them on my home site. So goodbye, everyone. Have a wonderful day and have a wonderful week. I see you soon. I'll be calling you again. Bye bye.